0: What you say,
1: what you
0: say
2: Your attention please We're
0: gonna have a problem here Yep, Chicago, we're back with episode 2 My name is Edgar Perez Alongside Bowling and Lees I got my name right Yo. this time fellas Yay! Baby steps. Baby, steps, baby steps man Progress, not perfection. <laughs> How y'all feeling today, man?
2: Good, man. I wish Tired. the Bulls would have pulled that game out, but I'm furthering my point. If we could get Nikola Jokic in a Bulls jersey within the next three years, I'll be the happiest man in Chicago.
1: I don't think we need him. We have Luke Cornette. <laughs>
0: He's hot, baby.
2: Uh, maybe if you're only talking about six-minute stretches, <laughs> we need a block and a three. But he uh, Jokic kind of cooked us in the fourth, so... Yeah, I've seen all I needed to see. He did <laughs> screw me, though. I needed one assist for a triple-double bet, prop bet, and he just didn't get it. But I feel him because he was getting whatever he wanted against Wendell.
0: I hope you took the uh, the points over on Jokic. I
2: didn't. I don't usually do those points over props because I'd rather just do the triple-double with him specifically. But, yeah, I mean, like, I could have, you know, I would have guessed he would have scored at least 35 I mean, Wendell is strong but he's not tall and Jokic is what 7-1. Like he was going to have his way with him.
1: I will say that's one thing that Edgar is really good at is seeing trends like that. I mean, he's he told me like maybe a month ago anytime there's a good scoring big against the Bulls, take the over on the points. Can't stop And I think we 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 even talked about it like before uh, Usovic fucking busted our ass for like 40 something points. And I keep telling myself every time. We talked about it again before the Embiid game where he dropped like fifty. Yeah. Yeah. And I always forget to fucking bet it. Like <laughs> may, maybe that's why it's working though. Maybe I didn't I I don't want to mush it yet.
0: We're recording this after the Bulls drop a game to the Denver Nuggets. They lost one eighteen and one twelve at home. Nikola Jokic absolutely went off with thirty nine points, fourteen assists. Fourteen rebounds, I'm sorry, and nine assists. Yeah,
2: that's it's a that's a monster game, man. I love how he plays, just because it's so, it's almost foreign to have a guy that big and tall with that kind of passing skill, and you know he gets everybody involved. He's like bringing the ball up, like he's a point center, and I don't know. I, I would, if I was building a team to start tomorrow, I would probably have him number one because he just can. He's such a matchup nightmare for for defenses.
1: Adam Amin even said it that he is one of those rare unicorns where it essentially you you don't face him even with Embiid it's a different it's a different beast completely. Mm-hmm. Um, they both cooked us, but you have Jokic over here running point guard. He's bringing the ball up court and he's a center. Uh, there's times where like you see the defenders, like you see Wendell today, he had no idea what to do up there. He he's not used to picking up a guy at half court. Like, no. what, what is he supposed to do? And he, he got a lot of easy buckets off that little dump handoffs, and then he runs off, off of that. I mean, with that, we got absolutely torched at the end by him. I know, Bowling, you are going to start a separate titter probably to try to bring him to Chicago.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah. I might just stand out on on the highway, like on the gates with those signs. You see people doing that. Just like bring Jokic home. <laughs>
1: You're gonna be flipping that shit around,
2: yeah. I'm gonna split, <laughs> spin it like the uh, the progressive commercials. Maybe I mean, we could just yeah, go to the UC I
0: mean, and not let him leave, man. We could just lock him up. I, mean,
2: I feel like it's gonna be hard to lock him up in any regard. He's just gonna throw, he's I mean, so he was just like throwing Wendell, and Wendell's yeah, huge. Yeah.
0: There was a couple one handed rebounds where he just held off Wendell yeah. with one arm and just rebounded <laughs> with one hand and the other. He just bullied him inside.
2: Superman, that hole, that's what he was doing, he just <laughs> holding
0: him out. Dude, he, had, like the board. he had six boards by the first time out, eight minutes in, and then Jokic already had eight rebounds, uh, six rebounds.
2: That's crazy, man. He's so fun to watch, and like I know this is a Chicago, <laughs> Chicago show, but like I I can't help it, bro. He's literally my favorite player in the league, and if we could figure out get AK to buy him a steak dinner or whatever he needs. In two years when he's a free agent and bring him in, man, that would be so cool. He
1: has the exact opposite feeling whenever he shoots. Even if it's that Dirk one-footer fading away, it feels like it's going to go in. It's the exact <laughs> opposite for Denzel, Denzel <laughs> Valentine. It, it doesn't matter how open he is from three. Yep. It doesn't matter how open he is driving down the lane on those little flip floaters that he throws up. Oh, yeah, you always feel like it's gonna break, and you're just gonna hear a fucking clank.
0: Especially <laughs> those three point shots. I know we talked about it before, Lees, and you're like, it, it's a shooting motion. He has that little push shot. Show, He's like a little release. kid. He's a fourth grader. He's <laughs> like. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Every shot it lets go. I, I never think it's going in.
2: I I hated on Denzel a lot prior to this season, and like this is pretty well documented in my homies' group chat. Like I thought he was so useless, but he does a lot of solid things yeah like he does the little things well i just feel like once he gets a steal or or a good rebound then it's like all right it's time to fucking pull from three quarters court it's like (laughs) chill bro like play your role do your thing one of my buddies talks about like his plus minus is always great and it's like yeah it is but like when you're killing momentum doing a spin around backwards three-pointer like this shit ain't gonna help us so he's better i think he's i i think it's evident that he's he's competent enough to like help a team win games. But if he starts going and he's in his head throwing passes between his legs and shit, like, yeah, you can miss me with all that. I'm good.
0: <laughs> How much I, of, I, your, I, uh, of your hate for, for Denzel is because he went to Michigan State?
2: Uh, Not much. I mean, like that year was pretty great. His senior year was pretty great for me. They lost to Miller. <laughs> in the first round.
1: Yeah.
2: But my hate literally is – because he was national player of the year and then just like didn't do very much in the league. So I don't know. I mean, like he's just one of those guys that was really, he was great in college, but then you get to, you know, I was expecting he would come here and like make more of an impact than he did. And now he's just like a a bench, you know, off the bench spark kind of guy. So I don't know. I, I, I really just hate on him because I think he just looks crazy and he's a rapper and his raps are <laughs> hardcore he's just doing a lot to be a, a bench guy here for the Bulls.
1: you really hating on his bars huh so now we know why
2: yeah that that <laughs> mixtape lp album whatever you want to call it was Paper pretty Coats,
0: yeah it's pretty trash it's a banger don't
1: lie no I- I, I think he's going to end up being a good role player on a playoff team, like a solid playoff team. He's going to go to the Spurs and become Danny Green out of nowhere. He's he's going to have one finals appearance in which he's going to um, hit like five threes in one game and win, win them the game and shit. But I mean, with that being said, even though today was a loss, what is it, March 1st? Yep, or yep. March 2nd, you know, tomorrow when it comes out. I actually am going to bite my tongue from what I said earlier in the year, and I am actually becoming a believer um, simply because of the way that they fought back. Uh, the second unit did work today. Um, there was periods where Kobe actually looked good and he was running an offense, which is terrifying for you know <laughs> other teams instead of him just going full speed like a little kid at the basket. But I mean, honestly, the team is just playing significantly better. Uh, they're a lot more cohesive, even though the starting unit played like ass the first quarter, but they picked each other up there's was a couple of, when they took the lead in the third quarter, it was the first time they took the lead since the score was 1-0. Thad Young was, <laughs> he stole the ball from Michael Porter Jr. where he was just like, I'm going to fucking take your lunch money and you can't do shit about it. And I'm going to put this up with my left hand by the basket and you ain't going to do shit about it. So that that kind of attitude, that's the reason why I said I don't think that they should trade him, unless it's obviously a good trade offer. Because that, that attitude, that's going to go down to the Younger Cats. You saw Patrick Williams playing significantly better, too. A lot more aggressive. Yep. He's going to the basket. Uh, he's He just seems more comfortable. I still don't, you know, the Kawhi stuff, I still don't 100%. Like.
0: He's only 19. He's got plenty of time. Yeah, man. Yeah, if you're already writing that that, that off, it's just, <laughs> there's plenty of room to grow, man. You've seen the steps he's taken already. At well, we,
2: one thing I wanted to say was we got to play the party music.
0: He just flipped, bro. This is perfect. <laughs> I can't. Lees is in. He's back in. He's invested. I'm ready to get hurt again, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all know what happens to Lees when he uh, he gets a little a little confidence in his team. He he sounds the complete opposite.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, like my my assessment of tonight's game. I I mentioned this pre-show. I haven't said much bad about Billy Donovan. I think. You know, in in episode one, I kind of professed my love for him. And tonight I thought (laughs) he had an opportunity to switch up the defense a little bit and start sending doubles at Jokic in the fourth. I mean, that guy had layup after layup after layup. And I think Stacey King said it a couple times on the broadcast. He's like, there's no way he can guard him alone. And it's not to say that Wendell's not playing good defense. It's just like that guy is a top 10 player in the NBA with a size advantage. I thought they could have made a little bit of an adjustment, but I mean, maybe Billy was like, I want to see him work down there and see what he can do, you know, build his confidence not build his confidence, but like see where he's at, you know, on a, di- from a defensive matchup standpoint. But I don't know. I-, I thought they played hard. Lise, you meant you hit on a bunch of good things. I thought that the bench came out hot. We could call him the bench mob. Now. I mean, those are good years. And <laughs> we could rely on that second unit to come in and, take over games and so I, I think they're still learning they're still growing and it's just nice to have like full investment on games on a nightly basis it's, this is as fun as hell man it's, it hasn't been this fun in so long
0: the good the part I like too about Wendell tonight I mean, even though he was struggling containing Jokic, but that's with every that's every person Djokic goes up against but he was kind of taking it to him on the other end too you, you saw him being physical you saw him going into his chest bumping into him and really going up strong and that's good, because that that's the confidence you want to see in Wendell, especially when he started off so rough early on. He's playing with confidence. He's really on his side. Same thing with Pat. Like you said, Lee's. he's playing more aggressive. You saw him drive to the basket and put a body on on uh, on Michael Porter on, on, I think it was probably the second quarter. Uh-huh. It goes to show you that these guys are, are playing more confident you know, with Billy. And honestly, this type of game, we've seen this game before, right, where the way they get down kind of 14, 15, and, and they end up clawing their way back and, I know, Lee, that you said that that this is kind of giving you hope, but for me, it's it's still I'm still kind of in the same place. I mean, I was more far ahead of you in terms of my belief in this team, but I, I kind of want to see them close out some of these close, close out, out some of these some of these games. Yeah, especially after Friday when they had a chance against the Suns there and they kind of just vomited all over themselves.
2: Yeah, they shit the bed in that fourth quarter. and yeah. there's no other way to say it. I mean, they played hard. They played well against. Uh, top team in the West
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, you know, the lights got too bright at the end of the game. And, you know, I said, I tweeted this way back when we tricked off a game against the Clippers earlier. It might've been in the first two weeks of the season where I was like, we can't, I mean, if we're going to expect this team to compete, we can't have like 10 moral victories this year where it's like, Oh, you played hard for 46, 42 minutes. And then the last six minutes you just tricked it off. Like we can't have that. So I'm with you. I agree. I, I'm still very high on them. I love the way that they're playing. They're playing hard. They're in every game. I think the stat they showed on the broadcast was they have played 21 clutch games this year, which is five-point game with five minutes or left, less. So, like, they're in these games. just now how do we close them out and win? Because tonight was a very winnable game against a really good team.
1: With that, I actually think it goes back to having a point guard. Uh, having a point guard could actually set the table for the team. Make it a little bit easier for Zach Levine. Zach Levine is busting his ass. I think he was scoring thirty-one points a game in February. I mean, he's he's balling out right now. He's he's just an incredible basket maker uh, mm-hmm. at at this point in time. He's hitting shots that Jamal Murray was hitting in the playoffs last year. Um, that Donovan Mitchell was, and they were scoring like 50 points a game during that series. He's Mm -hmm. hitting those exact same shots all year long, but there's a certain point where he can't be the only person that is scoring. He can't be the only person that can set up the offense. Um, Stacey King on the broadcast tonight actually, um, said it perfectly. There's times where everyone else on the team is looking at Zach, like, Hey, what are you going to do for us? And it's, Mm -hmm. he passes you the ball and he wants you to be aggressive that's the reason I shut it up Patrick Williams earlier. He, at the beginning of the game, he was just going downhill. He was trying to get more looks at the basket. But I honestly think that they have to try to find a point guard um, that's going to be able to set the table for everyone because Kobe Kobe White is a score first guy. He's going to be off the bench guy. He's going to be like Lou Williams if he has good enough career like Lou Williams. But someone that I actually think that they might want to look into if they're actually interested in like competing is Cal Lowry Mm -hmm. because Toronto's in a weird spot right now where they're around the same positioning as the Chicago Bulls, but half the team is out because of COVID. Uh, They might not want to give him another contract because he is a free agent next year. So if they actually go out and try to get Cal Lowry, that would significantly bolster up the Bulls. I don't want them to trade a first-round pick for them. They're going to – or, you know, not for this this year or the following year. But mm-hmm. they're going to have to try to find a way to get someone like that that is an experienced point guard. Someone like Chris Paul, they're not – I mean, they can't trade for Chris Paul, but someone like that where – Right,
2: who's they, been around the block, who's who's been in the battles and, and won't kind of blink when the when shit goes sideways. I, I agree, man. I think we're one solid veteran point guard – not even necessarily veteran. Like he could be, you know, a couple of years into the league, but someone that's been through some of these wars. Because I agree. I think Kobe White is best when he's thinking less and just like getting his shots up and being aggressive. Versus, you know, in the front of his mind, he's thinking, "I got to get people involved." But in the back of his mind, he's like, "Shit, I got to be aggressive and, and get downhill." That's a, that's a lot for a, a second year player to kind of navigate, especially when he's arguably the second best scoring option on the team right now. So I don't know. I, I agree. I mean, I, I don't love or hate Kyle Lowry. I think he could obviously help tremendously. But I'm I'm still curious because we just don't know what's going to happen, right? We don't know if they are going to keep that versus, you know, acquire assets or get a point guard to kind of go for it. I mean, like, I don't think we can win the NBA Finals this year. So I would lean toward – Looking towards the future. But I mean, if you got a chance and you're in that five, six, seven, eight seed region, like I would think you'd want to to add a little bit to hopefully see if you can win a playoff series or, you know, who knows.
1: And that'll be like five minutes less a game where we have to worry about Kobe White throwing a fastball at someone that's like two feet away from him. <laughs> but, that motherfucker, he's like Lamar Jackson, where he's just like, it's a little dump off, I'm going to fucking sling it at you.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can ease, I think it's pretty easy for people with any kind of, like, basketball intelligence to see that, like, sometimes he's just uncomfortable, and that means he just starts going really fast. And, like, mm-hmm. it's like uh, I used to think when we played in high school, we would play, like, North Lawndale, and they would literally have the entire gym screaming red, 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 and then they'd <laughs> press you the whole fucking game. They, they're in your ear the whole game, and it's like you're playing faster because the game feels like it's sped up. And that's kind of how Kobe gets where he's just like driving wild to the basket, trying to get a foul. But as a second year player, you're not going to get any love from refs, you know, because you're out of control. So I agree. I think one point guard away from having a little more stability in that backcourt.
0: Yeah. I was kind of hoping to see more, more minutes when, uh, when Sadoransky and and Kobe were on the floor together, just to kind of see how, how it was with Sato handling the point with Kobe working more as a two guard because I've been on the start Sato train a lot, especially with all the struggles with Kobe. I mean, even you can say he's very alert in the position or whatever, but it's clear, man. It's clear when you watch those games that he that Kobe's just uncomfortable. So seeing Sato in the lineup with Kobe, I wish I wish I could have seen a little bit more of that, but. Hit us up. Let us know what you guys think on the Bulls. Are they kind of turning your faith? Are do you still want them to sell everybody and blow it up? Give us a call at 312-985-6006. You can leave your voicemail and uh, let us know what you think. Oh, we got the we got a voicemail. There, there's one voicemail in there. I have to make sure I uh, I check it real quick. I didn't want to check without you guys being here. But let's see what we we what we got here.
2: We've been trying to reach you concerning your car's what extended f- warranty. You should.
0: All right. Never mind. <laughs> Apparently the scammers got to us two years. But, uh,
2: God damn, dude, I get that call at least six times a day.
0: Well, with that, we'll talk baseball coming up next. Yeah, yeah, you can say that. But, you know, I got I to gotta be a little bit more careful with my words now because people really take those serious. But we have a chance to be the best team in the AL. Um, we got a
1: chance to beat a lot of people. We just got to continue to work and keep getting better and keep rallying around each other. And,
0: uh, you know, this guys' a limit at that point. Tim, don't become a politician on me. You're the most, a- you're, the, you're,
1: you're the most honest athlete in Chicago. Who cares if they blog about it, if they podcast about it, if they tweet about it, who cares, man? Just say what you feel. You're the best team in the American league. Yeah. Fuck it. We're the best team in the American league. <laughs> My man.
0: That was Sam Anderson on the Parkinson Spiegel show on 670 to score. You listen to them two to six every day, Monday to Friday afternoon. Lee's man, what do you think? He's let's he's, fucking go! Oh, you now you're confident. <laughs> all of a sudden, now that that's that's all it took to get you. High. I mean, I would be hyped too. If my uh, if my shortstop came out, you know, firing like that on radio with no censorship, he don't give a fuck.
1: Best shortstop in Chicago, baby. Let's fucking go. All Let's right. chop some uh,
0: head off. Yeah. Pillage like Vikings. Let's go. Please, you're muted. What happened? Hold, hold on. What? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Man, I it, it, it was actually refreshing to hear that. I think that, you know, I, I think it's pretty well documented how much I love the Cubs. But Tim Anderson is one of my favorite players in, in baseball simply because that guy just plays hard, he doesn't give a shit.
0: And he's going to put on
2: for his team and put on for this city. I said this in our pre-show. You would have thought he was born and raised on 87th. Like, he's not from here, but it, he, like, claims it like he is, and it and it feels real. So shout out to TA, man. I, I, I'm wishing that the, the Sox play well and, and do some good things. I think that their team – shit, he has every right to say that they're the best team in the AL. Who else – I mean, shit, what, just the Yankees? Who else in the AL is really like stacked like that? They got a lot of. They made some upgrades. They were good last year. I mean, we never we never know what the Rays, they ain't, you know, Athletics are just okay. Astros traded for
1: new trash cans, though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gonna need them because they lost a lot too. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's good, and a lot of people are like, "Well, I don't want my my face of my franchise swearing on radio and." Fuck that, man. These guys are real people. Shit. And if that's how he feels, then that's how he feels. If he wants to say fuck on the radio, it's not coming out of his pocket. So, good on him.
1: Fuck that, CeCe.
2: Yeah, fuck <laughs>
1: <him>. <laughs> For real. No, not- honestly, I, I love the attitude right now because he, he has that same, like, fuck you attitude. I honestly feel like they have to keep that same attitude that we're gonna kill the teams that we we should. Um, and the other teams, you brought up the Yankees. They have to go at the Yankees. They have to show that they're... It, they're not the empire. Mm-hmm. We have to show them that there's no fear on the south side. Honestly, it's something It's something that I did like, and I hate to say it, did like that the Cubs kind of had. They had a couple of different people on the team where whenever you guys would hit a rough patch during those years that you guys were vying for championships on 1-1, there was a couple of times where you guys were, you would just rally around one person. I know um, Chris Bryant last year said that he – didn't care about certain things. I don't give a shit. Yep. <laughs> Bingo. He he don't give a shit. So with that, that that kind of attitude has to be throughout the team, which is going to be kind of weird because we have Tony LaRusso that's a old school head coach, we'll say, um, or manager. He's letting him uh, be, though,
0: man. He's, he's come out and said, I mean, like he did an interview also this week, and I think he realizes his role and where he stands in today's game where he's like, look. I got my views and stuff, but I understand that the game is different. I'm just here to make sure that we stay on track. And he's letting them play. Yeah, and earlier in the year,
2: or earlier this year, not this year, but last year, when they hired him, uh, T.A. was on the radio with, I can't remember who, but they were like, oh, it was with Garfine. He was like, oh, what what do you think about Tony? He's like, I don't know him, and he don't know (laughs) me. And I thought that was really real, because it's like, and the last thing he said was like, man, he just makes the lineup card. And I was like, yeah, that is really all he has to do. And he just got to worry about, you know, pushing the right buttons. And obviously, he's a better manager than Rick Renteria. So as long as he doesn't get in his own way, I think it works. I mean, he's just got to make sure he's not drinking and driving on Lakeshore. I are going to fucking catch his ass for sure.
1: He can drink and drive down Lakeshore, drive all he wants, as long as he doesn't have our starting pitcher throw 15 pitches, bro.
2: (laughs) 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 Or as long as he doesn't hit a fucking rail. That guy's got to chill, Hey, do you know who he is? He's too old. He's a Hall of
1: Fame baseball person,
2: right? (laughs) Yeah. You're too old to be three times the legal limit driving in the morning, dude. That's crazy. That's crazy. Mm But, just, like, just like he told
1: that police officer, I am a exactly. Hall of Fame baseball person. Do you know who I
0: am? Don't you see the rings?
2: <laughs> fuck. But, yeah, I mean, as long as he doesn't get in his own way, the team is talented enough to, to do great things. So I'm glad that T.A. kind of just got out in front of it and said, fuck it, we're the best in the American League because that's good for baseball. Now you got fucking Yankees fans on Twitter saying, there's no way they're the best team in AL. Like, whatever we can do to drive more conversation – the better off baseball is going to be because they want you to, like you said earlier, at least they want you to play for the, for the logo and not the name on the back and wear your hat real low and, you know, be one of nine, shave, like, your,
1: sideburns.
2: shave your fucking facial hair. Like fuck <laughs> that. let these guys be themselves and, and, and play hard and play the way that they want to play, man. Cause it's going and to be good for the game.
1: You know what that soundbite is going to be amazing for them. because it is going to make the rounds not only here, but you brought up for the Yankees, so in New York, they're going to play that. So it's going to kind of light a fire under their ass. Yeah,
2: um, I mean, whenever he hits the road, they're going to be like, oh, shit. Well, you better bring it because you said you're the best in the American League. Like, that's all great.
1: Yeah, there, there has to be a face to each team, it feels like. That's something the NBA is great at. NFL, certain teams have it, um, or certain players, I should say, um, have that appeal. MLB doesn't really have that. I know it's talked about all the time, but if – Most people saw Mike Trout walking down the mall. If they saw him walking down the street, they're not going to know who the fuck he is. Right. So my thing is, with with T.A. putting his name out there, they're going to put his face out there, too, when he's talking shit. But you know what? Talk that shit, T.A. Like, that that's that shit that you got to love. It's going to bring that fire. I mean, if you're a guy
2: in that clubhouse, you got to be hella pumped. Just yeah, like, yeah. My guy just went on fucking radio and screwed the screwed the score out of five hundred bucks or whatever it called. <laughs> then <hit> that drop.
0: <laughs> Who on the Cubs do you feel can embrace that kind of role too this year?
2: You know what? It's funny because when I think about moments in time where I was just hyped at how one of the Cubs players just was like in the media, it was before that. This isn't the only time, but like before that Pirates wildcard game, when when that fan pirates fan tweeted at jake Jake. and he's like you're not he's like you're gonna need more than that and then he went on and shoved it up their ass like i (laughs) love that kind of shit so i think jake is that guy i think he it's documented that guy came here he took less money or to come back and like he's always been like that kind of you know fired up confident you know pitcher when you get him back in the fold i think he's definitely going to be you know one of the voices in that clubhouse Whereas, like, Jason Hayward is more like the silent leader. Like, I think Jake will get out in front of some shit and say, like, all right, we're playing shitty. We got to crank this shit up or, you know, tell the Cardinals that they can suck his ass, which will be great. (laughs) Because fuck them.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, honestly, the the person I was thinking of when I said earlier that the Cubs had that, he wasn't the best player. He wasn't the best pitcher on your team. But John Lackey, John Mm -hmm. Lackey had that fuck you attitude. And that makes your team ride or die for you, man. You see that guy talk shit to the other team, even if he if he gives up four home runs in the next inning, you're gonna still have his back, Hell like yeah. no matter what. And honestly, that's that's what the Sox need because there's was, there's was times where they're too passive. I started getting pissed at the end of the regular season because they just became complacent. They let some games go, and you can kind of see that they just kind of shut their brain off. They were on coast mode. And they ended up getting that wild card spot because of that. Um, they ended up getting that playing that playing series with the A's that I was fucking dreading. Um <laughs> but with that it's they gotta have that killer be killed attitude and they have to keep it throughout the entire year.
2: I feel like a lot of Cubs fans were like hot and cold on him because he was very much like he would shove or he would give up, you know, he would walk guys and have shitty outings, but I loved it because when he came here he's like, I didn't come here for a haircut. He came here to get a fucking ring. And that that kind of shit makes baseball more fun. Like I love it when we have the crosstown series because all we do is just talk shit to each other. Like that's so good for the game. And like we didn't Yeah, fuck. (laughs) So like those things are important when you talk about like building storylines for baseball. Like I think it's this is gonna be a year where you know, the Dodgers and the and the Padres got to play each other 19 times. The Yankees and the Mets, both good. Cubs, Socks, both good. Like, there's a lot of storylines building that, you know, we could have a really interesting year.
1: And, boys, we on ESPN. ESPN's <laughs> letting us in.
2: Day one, baby. Wait, are, are they going to give you uh, Bill Walton and Jason Bonetti again? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: fuck, and Joe Rogan. They're going to do the DMT game. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's good. I think I think anything that we can get more national eyeballs to Chicago, the better. This should be a fun year. And I'm curious, Edgar, what do you think? What are you looking at? What are you looking to the Cubs as they start spring training? Like, what do you want to see coming out of this next couple of weeks before opening day?
0: Yeah, with me the questions that I have, it's hard to tell during spring training just because they don't get much action. But for me, it's the starting rotation. I think Kyle Hendricks showed us he can lead the staff. With that, I, I don't, I don't have a doubt. But can Jake bounce back and be close to the Jake that he was during his first run with the Cubs? And I also think Zach Davis is going to be unfairly compared to you, Darvish, just because he was the pitcher that we got in return for you in that trade. And they're two completely different pitchers, you know? You, Darvish, more the power arm with an arsenal of pitches. Zach Davis, more your uh, change up sinker style pitcher that, you know, he's not going to blow you away. He's not going to give you those nice strikeout numbers that you had with you. But with him, can he keep that momentum he had last year when he pitched, you know, pretty well with the Padres, or is he coming in here just to eat innings? I also hope with Albert Alzali in spring training, they let him go a little longer, just because I want to see if he's going to be able to take that next step as a starter, you know, if and when he lands that fifth spot.
2: I mean, I think he's got a damn good shot. Um, he's got some of the best stuff I've seen recently for a young guy. Um, we've only seen him for a few, like a handful of starts, so. You know, this will be a prove-it kind of year. I think everyone projects him to be very good. Uh, And I think he's got the potential to be good. But I I kind of agree. I think I'm more interested in seeing how the hitters bounce back, especially with so many guys, you know, approaching contract years Mm -hmm. and trying to get extended. But one thing I wanted to mention on the rotation is I think Zach Davies is going to be a little better than just an innings eater. I think he had the fifth best – ERA in the National League last year, and it's weird because it's like we're going against the grain of baseball, because the grain now is like, do you have guys that throw ninety eight plus with hammer sliders? And now I feel like our rotation outside of Ausle who throws pretty hard and Jake who's on the back end is we might just like paint the corners. Like it feels like we have three Greg Maddoxes and you know one guy who's got wipe out grounder stuff. And a prospect that might just be able to do it all, so it's definitely very different than a lot of rotations that you'd see across the league. But when you start to think about series and facing guys who are throwing triple digits, and then you got to come to Chicago where guys are throwing in the low nineties or you know high eighties, but they're painting corners. Maybe it's something that you know hitters are going to be annoyed by. Like maybe they catch up, you know, later in the year. But I think Zach Davies is going to be pretty solid especially given the fact that he's got a little, you know, he's got some new faces to, you know, take on in the in the NL Central. So, yeah, my, my concern is that <laughs> these guys are all in contract. They all want contracts. They all want their money, but they didn't perform as well as, you know, we know they can last year. So just seeing how they bounce back and, you know, I think it starts with like Javi and, and Rizzo and Bryant and just really taking the reins because last year without – Ian Happ and Jason Hayward I feel like we would have not won the division and that you know we've people piled on Jason Hayward because he wasn't hitting in the beginning of his contract like his contract was low-key a steal at this point (laughs) when you see what the kind of money that some of these other guys are getting like and he's you know great in the community great guy all around everybody loves him and he was one of our better offensive players last year so We'll see. These guys are, are coming up on their deals and, and they got to perform. And I'm looking forward to, to seeing how they bounce back this year.
1: Yeah. And you brought up pitching for the Cubs. I feel like that's one of the two things that I'm looking at too for the Sox is the health of the pitching staff. Um, there is a couple of different people that were out last year, whether they opted out or they ended up getting injured. Um, my, I know Kopech, I Kopech, I always say his name fucking wrong, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's actually had a couple of different interviews already saying that he is ready to get back, ready to kill it. Um, he's probably not going to start it at the beginning of the season with the team. Um, I think they're going to try to ease him in just to kind of see how, how he's doing. Um, but you brought up the fact that pitching nowadays is only if you have that fucking gas that you you're able to pitch nowadays, there's not a lot of people that are pitching like Greg Maddox. Mm -hmm. Um, he is going to be someone that's going to be very intriguing because if they make him a starter, if they make him a reliever, it is two completely different outcomes for the team and how we can build for the future. If for whatever reason they use them as a setup man for uh, Hendricks, that or yeah, Hendricks, right? okay. um, that would be crazy because you have two people that are just pitching upper nineties right off right after each other back to back. But the big thing that I'm looking for is if it Yon Mankata is actually healthy, if he has progressed from his COVID symptoms and everything that he was going through, he said it reportedly that he didn't feel good at all throughout the entire season, including the postseason. season. Um, if that motherfucker was good enough to do a music video, he better be <laughs> fucking hitting 30, 30, man. I don't give a fuck. All right. And, and let it be known. If you are on Twitter, if you post that gif, GIF, whatever you get kids call it these days, I will retweet it and I will fucking follow you, G. That is, <laughs> that is, that is my new favorite gif of where he's just like dancing. He has like pink hair and shit.
2: <laughs> he's got the little like the, the men's romper on. He he's swaggy, man. I, I like on and I I feel like it's weird because last year was such a struggle for many reasons and the fact that he went through the whole season even after getting COVID and put up you know, strong numbers, like it's a testament to how hard he works and just how talented he is. But it's funny that you mentioned, you know, Kopech, because I think the last report I saw was they might want to start him in the bullpen. Yeah. I think he could be damn good as a reliever. He's got yeah, that like right. hair on fire, like fuck you attitude that like is just so perfect for bullpen arms. Like if you got him in the eighth, like, you remember in 2014 and 15 when the Royals had, like, Wade Davis and uh, Herrera and Greg Holland? They just fucking shut the door. 7 eight, 9 It was like, boom, boom, boom. We're done. So their games are just infinitely shorter. All you got to do is win the first five innings and the game's over. If you got guys like Liam Hendricks, Kopeck, if he wants to buy in as a reliever, you guys got good bullpen arms. Like, who's the lefty? Uh, Bummer. Bomber. Aaron or Is it Aaron Bummer?
1: Yeah. Yep.
2: Aaron yeah. Robert. He's a fucking stud. So you got that guy coming in the seventh, Kopek in the eighth, and then Hendricks in the ninth. That's pretty damn tough. So I'm interested to see how they use him. I think he probably in his heart wants to be a starter, but you can make a lot of damn money as a reliever throwing triple digits, and it's a lot less, you know, strain on your arm.
1: Yeah, and it's that's why I was saying it's two completely different outcomes for the team. I would rather have them put have him put in the bullpen. Um, because it makes the game shorter. Um, that's something that the Yankees have been doing for the past few years. They've been patching up their their starting rotation by having fucking killer beasts in the in the bullpen. They have the chances that, that kills it, Chapman. We have to be able to combat that ourselves. Um, so if they do that, if they put them in the bullpen, even if they don't have it, if they go righty-lefty-righty, where they go cope it first mm-hmm. and then bummer and then... Uh, Hendricks that'd be awesome just to keep keep the other team off balance so that they sub people out things of that nature um that's gonna be so interesting and I'm just happy that Ricky Renteria is not here to fuck that up and (laughs) somehow somehow be like hey T.A. can you pitch like
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know you got I know you're four for four with four hits but do you want to throw the ninth? yeah (laughs) I don't know I, I I agree I think the fact that tony larusa comes with a little more pedigree uh it should help when you start to think about making those decisions but at the end of his time in st louis you know rumor has it he was falling asleep at the wheel you know when it came to bullpen stuff you know not knowing guys names calling for the wrong pitcher shit like that so we got to just make sure that guy's drinking water all year and <laughs> maybe you're good cuz well, at least mix in a water. Like you Maybe, to mix he, maybe water he's on that Hawk Harrelson where he's drinking Jack during games, but you got to mix in a water because you got to drive home. How White, he doesn't White. have an Uber driver already is just beyond me.
1: White Sox games uh, sponsored by Pedialyte. Let's go, baby.
2: <laughs> <laughs> dial it up. Dial it up. That's a good-ass partnership right there.
0: No, fuck that. We're going to go grab a drink, and when we come back, we're going to recap our whiskey picks from the weekend.
2: Yeah, know Chicago, we're back. I, wanted,
0: I it back. I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, MLB schooling that Lee's and Bowling just gave us. <laughs> I don't think we're going to lack in the uh, opinions department when it comes to baseball. I mean, you guys got that shit on lock.
2: It's second nature, man. The only thing I know is baseball. Really, that's how I started. I mean, I, just, I wanted to hoop. I just was too short. <laughs> I hooped I just, all the way through high school. I could have probably made... My JUCO team or whatever, but my bread is buttered in baseball. So
0: you played at Lewis, right?
2: I did. Shout out the Lewis Flyers. They got two dubs over the weekend. Started the season two and zero. Oh. Cooking with gas in the GLVC baby. Let's go. I chose shit. Division Two. <laughs> 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 uh, so I'm shit. Out here, baby. I didn't want to go D one because I didn't want to have a fucking job that was baseball i just wanted to play and try and get girls is that weird no nah, nah. nah.
0: that's all that was that, the sports
2: mo- sports. that was the motivation shout out my homie brower he would always try and get me to go to the weight room and i would just play mario kart instead i just didn't yeah. care
1: yeah I, I can't play baseball for shit so
2: <laughs> we could watch the fuck out of it though I
1: watch the fuck out of what it what did though. you play lise uh video games Um uh, <laughs> Mostly with myself. Um
0: oh oh
2: You were playing RPG games, Final
1: Fantasy. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid. Do you guys have you guys heard of a uh, Magic the Get- No, I'm just saying, <laughs> I I didn't play that, but um, I would play ba- a lot of basketball, like in fucking Skinner Park. I wouldn't even go to school. I went to Win Young, but but I, I would skip <laughs> class, play basketball across the street. Uh, got dunked down by Daryl Okafer before you know. <laughs>
0: Uh, I had an algebra <laughs> teacher thing I got great. dunked on by Kevin Garnett back in Farragut days. He told us that like, that was his greatest achievement.
2: <laughs> Yo, wait. So Liz, I want, I meant to tell you, cause you were texting about uh, Marcus Jordan. I played against him when I was, I think like 13 out at, in Deerfield, the joy of the game. I wonder if were, like he was
1: 22 back then.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> like, huge. So we were, he was on a fast break and I was the last line of defense. And I, like, grabbed him because he definitely tried to dunk on me. But I, like, bear hugged him and we fell. And I was like, man, if I just hurt this guy, like, this is Michael Jordan's son. Like, I'm fucked. (laughs) 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 But I'm like, bro, there's no way I'm not going to be on fucking. Well, I guess social media wasn't really popping them. But I was just not trying to be the the guy getting dunked on in in Deerfield by Marcus Jordan. I wonder if he remembers that because I definitely grabbed his ass. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I literally bare hugged him in the air. I'm like, this is not going to be my time. <laughs> you just
1: grabbed him by the ankle and shit? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I timed my jump pretty well, but it was really just like a train hit me. I just was holding on for dear life.
0: You know who else got hit by a train? Our boy, uh, what's his name, Lee's Avni.
1: Avni, Avni
0: Just got absolutely wrecked by Canelo. And it's something we all knew was going to happen just based on the odds. But, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, so you, guys, levels,
2: are, you guys are saying that it was minus or plus wait, what was it? Minus it was minus fourteen
1: fifty. <laughs> minus fourteen fifty for the knockout. To win my knockout. By the time that uh, first bell rang. And you know what? <laughs> fuck you, Lydrum or however the fuck you say his name. Because if he would have stood up for one second and then they stopped the fight, then at least my part of the picks our whiskey picks would have been right. I had from four <laughs> from round four to six he didn't come out after the third.
2: I mean, Dude. he was literally getting ready to die, so <laughs> like, no big deal.
0: <laughs> he wasn't moving. He was just he was just the punching bag out there. Hey, even more
1: disrespectful than all the fucking right hands that Canelo was landing is the fact that they had the fight promo for the next fight ready <laughs> before the first fight was even over. Like... Bowling actually said it in pre-show that he's surprised I didn't pop up on the lower right hand side of the <laughs> current fight going on. Yeah. Like Billy Joe Saunders Canelo next. Like, yeah, like
2: the Don't let this ass whoop and distract you from the next 7999. You gotta pay it up and beat the shit out of somebody else.
0: Is that gonna be a more competitive fight, Lee?
1: Uh that is gonna be a more competitive fight. Um Billy Joe Saunders has an unbeaten record. Uh he is a legit super middleweight. Um he has all the skills in the world when it comes to boxing. Um, He actually comes from the same camp as Tyson Fury. Um, He is also considered like a gypsy and shit. So he, he is crazy. Um, He actually got into a fight. He talks shit to Deontay Wilder at a bar. So he's absolutely crazy. He's batshit crazy. So that's one good thing that he's going to come in and not have this like respect level for Canelo, where he's scared of him. He's going to come. He's going to go in there try to. Well, he's not an aggressive fighter. He's a boxer, so he's going to stay on the outside. Um, he's lefty. He has good boxing IQ. The only thing that I don't like is his discipline. He's been overweight a couple of times, and they actually had to change the weight of his bouts. Um, he got popped for a nasal spray uh, that was considered a like p- performance enhancing drug. I guess. With that, that's the only thing that I don't like, that that di- lack of discipline might be something where Canelo fucks him up, even though Canelo got popped for, you know, eating Mexican meat over there and getting a little bit stronger, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's nice but I I do think that it's gonna be more competitive. I think the first four rounds of that fight is gonna be hella interesting. Um, because it's gonna be a completely different stylistic matchup that Canelo hasn't had to encounter since probably Errol Landy Lara, uh, where it's going to be someone that's not going to be going at him. They're actually going to be trying to outbox him, um, and they're going to be confident about it too. Um, so that fight's going to be fucking awesome. I'm I'm still upset that my picks were wrong. How were How did your guys' picks fare for this weekend?
0: Mine wasn't well, great, my- man. I I woke up early, and uh, to watch that Barcelona Sevilla game and. Oh, boy. I mean, it was 1-0 quick. I think in the 20th minute, they scored their first goal. And I was like, all right, there's plenty of time to come back. And so I kind of went away made some coffee. And I checked back into the game. And it was like the 80-something minute with, you know, went up 2-0. Uh, and I was like, okay, this is a loss.
1: So we fucking lost before breakfast? Yes, sir. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is really fuck, man.
2: There's nothing worse than that. That's why, like, I've literally stopped betting some of these early college basketball games. Because, yeah. like, you get to 2 o'clock and your day is just fucking shot. Like you lose the bet and then you're like, well, what the fuck now? Like I got to chase West Coast basketball games from betting on fucking St. Mary's versus Pepperdine. Uh,
0: <laughs> it, it well
2: everybody's been there, but I got lucky. My pick didn't happen because of <laughs> – so I couldn't lose actually because the Bulls did not play the Raptors. But I was damn sure they were going to whoop their ass. So maybe they were just scared. Um but it was actually COVID, so hope everybody over there's okay.
0: <laughs> I'll be honest; I'm not really uh, so confident in for our whiskey picks going forward, at least on my end, because I do a lot better betting prop bets, either points yeah. or team totals, or you know, first uh, first quarter over unders. It's 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 so weird, man. I'm I'm always better when I'm watching the game and I can see the, I can sense the flow, especially kind of with the Bulls because they've been very consistent. Like their their games. You know they're going to score. You know they're going to be in it. You know they're going to fight. And even when they get off the slow starts, you know they're going to make a run at some point. So if you lose a quarter, a first quarter over under, then you know you come back with the second one. I don't know. If, I mean, it's got definitely got me into trouble sometimes, where it's not, <laughs> it's not been my day, and I, I, I lose five bets on on one Bulls game, and then I try to chase with the West Coast night game, and I'm like, oh fuck, all right, cool.
2: But <laughs> yeah, it happens, man.
1: That's why we call it whiskey pigs, baby. But you got to lie. And, you know, this is never going to happen. This never happens. You know, you never <laughs> lose a whiskey picks, I'm sorry.
0: Although, I know, I know I talked to Lees about this before and and the bowling we're kind of bringing you into this, too, with the trend of Bulls versus uh, scoring bigs. I know early on in the year, Lees, remember when we said every team in the first half is dropping 60 points on the Bulls. Yeah. So take the first half team over, team total over for their opponents. I think they kind of settled down. They're playing a little better defensively, so I think that trend kind of, you know, went away. But yeah, I do a lot better with 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 props going going forward. I don't know. I have to be some like UFC fights. I know we got a big card coming up this weekend. No,
2: we could we could give props. Why can't we give props? I'm about to I'm about to put those numbers on won't game pop game real quick, real fast. <laughs> if you bet James Harden, Nicole Jokic, Luka Doncic, and Russell Westbrook. Triple, doubles. Triple double every single time they play. I've literally cashed a bunch of them this year, and a lot of times they'll all play on the same day. So I've hit two, I'm paying for the other two bets because it's always decent value. But man, I'm I missed two today by one. I mean, Luka had like 32, 12, and nine, and Jokic had 38, 14, and nine. So the value's there. You usually get it at like Plus 300, sometimes it's a little less depending on the on the uh, teams they're playing. But Russell Westbrook is like a machine. He's got one almost every game. So his value isn't as high, but I like it. I, I think we could put we can put player props in our whiskey picks. Well, why not?
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's something that I'm actually not very good at. The only time that I hit on my prop bets is when I have dumb sports brain and I'm like, this is a revenge game. So he's going to get like 80, <laughs> 80 rushing yards instead of just his regular 30. Um, But you know who's surprisingly good at picking these dumb sports prop bets is our friend Lord. Shout out Lord. He actually got on a fucking heater where he was picking Jose Abreu for hitting a home run. Um, I think he cashed it three days in a row against the Cubs. Um, He he also had, I think it was the strikeout props. I think he hit it like five days in a row or something nuts like that Um, to the point where he thought like, gambling was easy and then you know <laughs> and then bit him in the ass, boy. He's
2: on top of the world. <laughs> yeah. Let, let, let's I, be I'm honest. Definitely down Lourdes, for baseball picks for sure.
0: Let's be honest. Lord's picks for those home runs against the White Sox were solely based on them playing the Cubs.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. He, he,
0: like we talked about on last week on last week's show, he's he's one of those hater fans that just completely hates the Cubs. I believe more than he roots for the White Sox. So those picks hey, were just based on on the opponent. But I, I had a
2: little brother syndrome. But he hit right.
0: it.
1: <laughs> Hey, we're, we ain't little brother no more. We on ESPN, baby. What you talking about? Right. Go, <laughs> um, go,
2: win, go win those games on ESPN. And then we'll. Hey, then
1: we'll he he, he should have got paid twice for that fucking Luis Roberts home run on the asses. Yeah. yeah. Right. It was we'll fucking hit to the moon. That's, that's all right. Just, that's just right next to Dogecoin or whatever the fuck you call
0: it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Next to, <laughs> next to Dogecoin and Wilson Contreras bat flip. They're both up there. You can go grab that bat whenever you'd like.
0: I love it, man. man. The shit's talking is starting already, man. We're not—we
2: <laughs> haven't even played one real we're game yet. Two games on each
0: side into spring training. One for the one for the Cubs at this point, and the shit talking is getting spicy already.
2: All right, well, we'll bring it back because I wanted to just touch on briefly the best thing I saw over the weekend was Jay Cutler making some random kid finish a pitcher, chug a pitcher, just to take a photo with him. I think you could look at it a couple ways. Yes, we know that Jay Cutler is a dick. This is well documented. We've known this for many, many years.
0: Misunderstood.
2: Exactly. That's what I said. I love it. It's Jay. his diabetes. <laughs> but the fact <laughs> that this guy in wherever they were, Breckenridge, somewhere doing some skiing and snowboarding, he literally chugged that pitcher and he was spilling a little bit. But I was pretty impressed because, frankly, I think that all of my binge drinking trials and tribulations I want it to come to a head in a moment like that where, like, damn, I've chugged so much beer in my life for this fucking moment so I could take a goddamn picture with Jay Cutler. That's just, like, the coolest shit, dude. I thought it was yeah. awesome.
1: I, I will say that I I used to drink a shit ton. Um, I'd say I'm pretty up there when it comes to tolerance. I can't chug for shit. Nope. <laughs> I, would, I would be the worst girlfriend in the world. My fucking throwing goes, <laughs> uh, uh. like, honestly, like. It's terrible. I'm probably the fucking slowest person when it comes to that shit. Um, Edgar's actually really good when it comes to chugging. He, he That's what he played yeah. in high school. Beer chugger. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? You at could, least- uh,
2: inside chugger?
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we know from that video, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have been able to take that photo with Jay Cutler, boy.
2: Nope. Not <laughs> at all. He would have been asking for a bottle of scotch like a big old loser. Like, who the hell drinks scotch like that? What a fucking loser. (laughs) I'm so angry, dude. Play the music. Play the music. (laughs) Uh. Play the fuck Aaron Rodgers music. (laughs) My God, bro. (laughs) Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. Um, No, but that that video of him at the Bucks game not chugging on on the Jumbotron, like, that's the guy you guys want to ride with? Like, come on, (laughs) dude. You got to be able to chug at least one beer. Everybody has their thing that they really like, but the lights are on, bro. Chug your fucking beer and move on. Jay Color is a legend. And How this segment,
1: this segment has been brought to you by Montezuma Tequila.
2: Shots on bowling. What an what an what an awful 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 partnership. They're gonna do this. Somebody's <laughs> gonna hear it. like, yo, we've never had any advertising or publicity in our lives. This is great. We're going <laughs> to have one of the master distillers from Montezuma on the show in a couple of weeks.
0: Well, <laughs> I don't think they're going to be sending us uh, any product here soon.
2: Oh, if anybody at Montezuma is listening, please don't send us a goddamn thing. <laughs> I'm good. We are. You get, straight. To, you
1: get, you get to taste it twice. Once when you chug it,
2: <laughs> Once and then you the second it.
0: Time when you throw it up, baby, <laughs>
2: Ah, oh, the booze so nice. You tasted it twice. I was looking for it's some good. this
0: weekend too. I was at the liquor store and I I, I couldn't find it. But you're lucky, boy. And I was gonna get it to you as a no, gift. No, no chance.
2: I would have sent it right back. Actually, I might have <laughs> just like drove to that Lower hurts. Wacker and dropped it off to somebody. <laughs> somebody could use it better than I can. I definitely don't want that shit. I do, I, we all work too much to have to be drinking that terrible tequila. <laughs>
0: All right guys, I think that's it for episode 2 of Yep Chicago. Uh want to appreciate say a shout out to everyone that downloaded and listened and subscribed. I definitely got some good feedback. Uh it was really exciting to see people that were, you know, so excited for us to to start and and do this project and really get it off the ground.
2: Yeah, man. This is fun. Send in all of your feedback, hate mail, leave us a voicemail, hit us on Twitter. I'm not handling the Twitter, so if you got mean things to say, that's <laughs> going straight to Edgar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm foreign It's every time. I'm foreign to all you guys. Hey, if you talk shit,
1: make sure that you got hands to back it up, though.
0: Because <laughs> we're of no, honest- these.
1: Yeah, I- honestly, I will say that I did like the feedback um, that we got on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we also have phone number to call in 312 985 6006. Please leave a voicemail, guys. We really want to hear from you.
2: Yeah. Take a couple shots of Montezuma and drop a drop a voicemail in our inbox because we're gonna get to it next week when we make our whiskey picks. I'm calling it. We're going three for three next week, boys. So you better be on your research this week. We gotta we gotta bounce back.
0: I'm hype. I'm ready for this. For uh, Mike Bowling for Lee's. I'm Edgar. We'll see you guys episode three.